Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Kenny Harper. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and fulfillment. Get ready to amplify. Jonathan Fanning is the author of several books, including Who Are You Becoming? and has been working with leaders from Fortune 500 executives to sole proprietors for over 15 years. If you are familiar with TED Talks, Jonathan was voted best speaker at a recent TED conference. He has inspired and challenged audiences with his messages in 49 states and on three continents. Jonathan lives in New York with his amazing family. Jonathan, welcome to Growth Amplifiers. Kenny, it's great to be here. Great to be with your your group. Glad to have you here. You know, I was mentioning to you a moment ago how I received a copy of your audiobook, Who Are You Becoming, a few years back, and it really made an impact on me. You're a master storyteller. Um, you, you share amazing insights in such an inspirational way. Um, what inspired you to get started doing what you're doing? What, who, how have you become the Jonathan Fanning that you are today? <laughs> Well, there's, I think, like all of us, there are a lot of uh, steps in the journey. Steve Jobs, I think, once at a, at a graduation speech, he said it's easier to connect the dots looking back in life than looking forward. Um, but a few of the big dots, one, even when I was a kid, even when I was, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15, I've always been intrigued by by sustained excellence. I wouldn't call it that when I was a teenager. Um, but from an, an athlete to a coach to a team to a business, you know, anything that sustains greatness and I've always been intrigued by that so I started to study when I was a teenager as more athletes more often um, but then I started getting into entrepreneurs and I started looking at what are the things they have in common and I always wanted to pull the lessons from those lives and try to put them to mind um, so that was one of the big dots another massive dot for me early in my career I was doing turnarounds helping companies turn around which was exactly in line with that let's look at excellence and then let's look at where we really are, um, which takes some guts to do, to have that reality check of we're not excellent yet or we're not what we're capable of becoming yet. And I was helping companies in their turnarounds, big companies, auto, automotive companies, et cetera. Um, but in the middle of that process, I was traveling a lot. And on one of my trips, I was in a really traumatic car accident. Two, it's a long story, but I'll make it very short. Two tractor trailers, essentially black ice on the highway. And they played hockey with my car. You know, my car hit all the guardrails and the two tractor trailers just obliterated the car. Um, after the accident, there were three of us in the car. And really, you look at the car, you look at what happened, you think, how does anybody survive that? Um, but we all did. And it was one of those wake-up calls. I think we all, I speak all over the world now, and I think I meet people every day that, that have wake-up calls like that, you know, whether it's for them or through a family member or a friend. But sometimes we don't do anything with the wake-up call. I don't know if you've ever had a wake-up call and said, "I got to change these two or three things." You know, I'm going to get more free time, or I'm going to get, I'm going to, my, my relationships are going to matter more going forward. And um, I started to really spend time thinking, "What am I doing, <laughs> and why am I doing it?" And the question of, of my first book, "Who Are You Becoming," became one I essentially obsessed over. I spent a lot of time saying, "Jonathan, who you become." is ultimately more important than what you do or what you have or what titles you have or what clients you have or what you have in the bank. Um, and I wasn't living that way before that. 
I was I was doing I think good stuff, helping coach executives, a lot of them Fortune 500 companies, um, and then I shifted towards more business owners. But I wasn't good at the leadership journey myself. You know, mm-hmm. so I started to spend a lot of time with that question: Who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? I think I think that's a, an important question to ask. We get into this very busy world that we're in being being pulled in a lot of different directions and we don't always take that time to really look at where we're going and the person that we are because if you really want to achieve a result you really need to be the person and do the right things to have what you want so why not start there by asking that question who am i becoming Sure, right. sure. And then I think there's one that piggybacks it, and that question is who are you helping people around you to become? You know, if you're building a business and you have three employees or 10 or 30, you know, or, or your family or you're cooking a sport, if I'm working on something, a year from now I'll be more patient than I am right now. You know, a year from now I'll be more focused than I am right now. A year from now I'll be better at pulling lessons from life, from business, from experiences than I am right now for you and I to pick something we're working on, which is one of the biggest challenges for a lot of us. We don't ever pick one thing or two things. We <laughs> say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get better at this or that. You know, Most of us, Kenny, I think most of us, we, we look back and we say, I used to write down New Year's resolutions, and I don't anymore. Mm. Part of it's because we used to write down six or eight or, you know, or they were vague um, or we didn't stay with them. We didn't stay with them. And, you know, after that accident, it was actually a few years before I said, I have to pick one or two things and try to get better at them. Uh, I have a, a pretty big uh, YouTube channel. We, we build a lot now. We've been building more and more online courses, and a lot of them are free. We just say, hey, I want to help people make this journey. Most of the videos are a minute or two because I know busy people need some value, but don't give me you know an hour. Give me, give me a few minutes. And one of the videos is about rebuilding a, a bridge over the Hudson River, right the north of New York City. For two years, building that bridge, they drove pillars into the ground under the Hudson River. That's all they did. A thousand pillars it was, essentially. And then they put the bridge on top. But most of us, we don't pick. It's two things. We don't pick a pillar. I'll be better at this. Period. And then two, if we do pick a pillar, you know, I'll be more patient. You know, or I'll be better at creating accountability, either for me or for my team or both. Um, if I don't pick the pillar, there's very little chance I'm driving it into my life or into my organization. If I do pick the pillar, step two is I need a very simple process that actually works to drive it into the way I live, the way I lead, the way I work, the way my, my team or my company lives or breathes or works. You know, and it's um, early in my career, I mentioned I spent a lot of time in Fortune 500 companies. They mm-hmm. all, every one of them, painted on the walls. It said, you know, we're great at these five things, our core values, our core behaviors, whatever you want to call them, painted on the wall, five of them, seven of them, ten of them, three of them. Almost none of them, I would say over 90% of them, were not even remotely good at living those consistently. So they had picked right. the behaviors, right? they had picked the pillars. And the ones that did live them, for example, I was speaking in Texas not long ago, um, mm-hmm. shared the stage with the head of learning and development for Southwest Airlines. And, uh, you know, afterwards we had lunch together and we were talking about Southwest 
And, uh, you know, this person said, look, Southwest, we have three things. We want to be great at three things. One of them is a fun-loving attitude. And she said, we, we will, not all the time but, and not consistently across the company, but we'll have one team leader or one regional manager or one, you know, aircraft team that will say, you know what, let's spend the next week obsessing, dedicated, working on fun-loving attitude. And let's each day come up with two or three things or five things that we could do around fun-loving attitude. And at the end of the day, let's let's look at it and say, what do we do and how to go? What do we do and how to go around that pillar? And, and the part of the point I want to make is it's not as complicated as a lot of times we want to make it. We we I on my journey I've made a lot of excuses for I didn't make progress. Yeah, but I just I need something. And the reality mm-hmm. is I, I need to pick something, work on it and then create some kind of a feedback loop, right? Say, that's what I've been working on, and uh, you know what? The last three weeks, I didn't make any progress. Why? Here's why. You know, I remember early in my career reading a book. I was doing uh, Kaizen and just-in-time and Toyota production system kind of consulting for companies. I remember reading a book. It was probably 600 pages. Mm -hmm. At the end of the book, I thought, the only lesson I really got from that book, which was priceless, was this idea of PDCA, which I think most people have heard of. It says plan, do, check, adjust. You know, I'm, I'm trying to drive this pillar into my life. How? What's my plan? Ah, you know, I'll have an accountability comp, uh, conversation. Let's say it's accountability is the pillar. I'll have an accountability conversation with this person this week, with that other person next week, and I'll try to do it via a question, via a tough question. You know, I love the question. One to ten, how are we doing? How would you score yourself? And get them to say, I'm a seven. And I say, to me, I think you're probably closer to a three. You know, which is a tough thing to say, but if we're not ever creating the conversation, even if they say seven and you think they're a three, you can say, what what is one thing that moves you closer to a 10? And all of a sudden you had some accountability. But go back to the PDCA. I'm going to get better at driving accountability, right? My plan is Mm -hmm. to have a conversation every week. That's my plan. At the end of the week, I sit down for a minute and I say, did I have the conversation? You know, that's there's the plan and the do and then the check part says, did I have the conversation? You know, and if I if I did nothing, I say, you know what, next week I'm having it on Monday morning. You know, next week I'm putting it in the calendar because I didn't do it. A lot of people, they get this PVCA, right? But you know this inside and out. Common sense and common practice are not even remotely the same thing. Common sense is right. abundant, but but commonly doing the things that we know to do, whew, you know, that's it, it was. Good. I was going to say you hit the nail on the head, Jonathan, uh, and that's one of the things that I try to remind people myself, because sometimes we'll we'll connect with people and they'll be like, I, I know everything that I need to know, mm-hmm. and it's, that's great, but are you doing it? Oh, are yeah. you doing it? Are you putting it into practice? Just like you mentioned, it's a it's a completely different world. It's great oh, yeah, that you know the things that you need to do, but that's it. If you're not implementing, then it it really doesn't count. So, mm-hmm. and and I can relate, um, you know, real quick that in my early part of my career, you know, my my biggest uh, challenge was trying to do way too many things at the same time. And now, mm-hmm. as I've matured, <laughs> I've matured a little bit. I I start seeing it in other people, and I've I've really slimmed and trimmed down what my focus is. Uh, right. So I'm not trying to do 
you know, 20 things at the same time. It's really picking what's important and then making a plan to move it forward. So yeah, yeah. if if someone's tuning in and they're like, you know, this makes sense. This guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. But how do you choose what you do need to focus on? How do you how can you get started with deciding what is your game plan and moving this into um, you know, concept into practice? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah, I would say start with picking one or two things that you know would make a difference. You know, for example, one of the first things I picked was was the word clarity. I said, I, I need more clarity. I need more clarity. And at first I thought, that sounds overwhelming. I need I need this vision for my entire life, for all the businesses, all the relationships, for everything. Then I thought, no, you don't. You need to practice clarity. Think about that bridge with the pillars that they put in, right? They pounded them mm-hmm. for day after day after day after day, you know, for months and months and eventually years. And you pick the pillar of clarity. You say, I just want clarity going into the weekend. Let me practice that this weekend. You know, what makes Saturday a pretty good day? Where at the end of Saturday, I'll say that was a good day. You know, is it one or two really good conversations with one of your kids? You know, is it 20 minutes reading a book and just relaxing? Is it putting a nap in there sometimes so you actually recharge because so many of us don't do that? And the point I want to make is, you have a pillar of clarity, find some ways to create momentum. Momentum is incredibly contagious. You know, so maybe it's, you know, go go to the work world. Maybe it's on Mondays, just on Mondays, I'm going to send half as many emails as I currently do. You know, a very good friend of mine, he's written somewhere around 30 books now and sold about 40 million copies of them. Wow. Right? And, he and I, he and I talk about this stuff and he says, look, he said, years ago, I realized the ripple effect of what I do a hundred years from now hinges on me getting saying no to a lot more things. Mm. So he said, I'm going to say no. And he decided, he said, Wednesday morning before 11 a.m., every Wednesday morning before 11 a.m. is writing time, period. Will not check an email before 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Now, a lot of people say, I can't do that. But, you know, you could do, most of us, not check email before 9 a.m. on Monday. Maybe it is. Or check email before 9 a.m. and then block out an hour. Block out an hour. You know, um, create little little victories of clarity. I tell people all the time, I, I ran a factory uh, when I was in my mid-20s, and uh, Toyota was one of my clients, one of my customers. They'd come visit four times a year. They'd spend a week with us, and they'd help us get better at things, which is a, an incredible lesson in and of itself. But one of their visits, they said, Jonathan, you have 300-something employees. He said, your people, you and your people, you spend a lot of time in meetings. And, you know, we were walking the factory floor. And I thought, well, that's, yeah, okay. But what's the point? They said, by by Monday, and this was on a Thursday, they said, by Monday, I bet you can cut out 20% of your meeting time factory-wide. Is that worth spending a few hours trying to figure out? And I thought, wow. I mean, if you said, I want more clarity mm-hmm. in just in just one meeting, you pick that one meeting and you say, that meeting right now is an hour, it's every Tuesday. There's so many owners of businesses, managers, they have a meeting every, you know, there's so many meetings they fill their schedule with. Say, I have that meeting. Let me look at that meeting and say, where is a, a complete waste of time? You know, at what point is it, do I need a better agenda? Do I need to give more pre-work? Do I need to do what some companies do, which is, you know, Amazon's famous for this. 
give them the first, everybody in the meeting, give them the first five minutes to read through the meeting notes and the agenda so that you can start having the meeting and not, you know, people say, oh, I didn't get to read through that. I didn't get to go through that. Right. What would create tremendous clarity in just one of your meetings? And maybe you can take, you know, make, take that hour meeting and make it a half an hour every week or make it an incredibly effective hour. I, I call it the four halves meeting challenge. Make it twice as effective, twice as engaging, and then last half as long. I love it. (laughs) Little victories and clarity, you know, little victories and clarity. I wish we can go back in time to when I worked at a different company and you could give that idea to the meeting barrage that I was (laughs) subdued to. It's like, let's let's meet for a meeting. And then in the the takeaway from this meeting is we need to schedule another meeting. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Absolutely. Right, right, right. And people are so full of meetings that they never get to actually do any of the action items from the from the meeting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's something else. Yeah. So so people who are looking to tune into you, to your frequency, to the things that you're doing, what's the best way that they could go about doing that? Um, Find find me online. Um, JonathanFanning.com is my website. Find me online and uh, and follow stuff, whatever mode you like. Uh, We do a lot of videos, and a lot of them are very short. um, And that it's just because people need to get value, and and not everyone has a massive amount of time. But it's amazing how many people will email me, say, I went to your website, I watched a video, and then I watched 17 more, and then went home and watched them with my spouse, (laughs) you know, or forwarded a few of them to my boss what you said a few minutes ago happens all the time where somebody says, I wish my, I wish my boss, I wish my company, I wish my, um, and that's part of the reason we make some of this stuff to make it easy for people to say, here's something we might want to think about. I love it. Jonathan Fanning, you are a rock star professional. Thank you again for sharing this. Uh, if you have, if you haven't done so already, do it right now. Don't wait. Take a moment to take action. Go to jonathanfanning.com see some of the things that he's published, watch some of the videos, get a copy of his book if you haven't already, or his books, um, and look out for when he's coming to your town because he's all over the place. This guy's amazing. Thank you, Jonathan, for your time today and look forward to connecting again soon. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks for what you do and the way you do it. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.